This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Peter was a fisherman, but yet he shared the gospel and almost 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord. And I encourage those who want to get a Bible degree for the sake of learning the Bible. But just because a person got a degree, that doesn't mean, okay, this is what you do. And there are churches and denominations that would only ordain those that have a Bible degree. Now, in one way I could see, what, but that's not a requirement in the scriptures. Have you ever felt inadequate in your faith? Have you ever felt the Lord calling you to something, but you don't follow through because you don't feel good enough? In today's message from Pastor Eddie, he reminds you that it doesn't matter where you're at in your faith journey or how much you think you've messed up. God has miraculous plans for your life and wants to use you in big ways. Open your arms and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 as he continues his message, Honor the Elders. blows me away his mercy, the mercies of God. The woman who they're about to stone, and they were trying to trap Jesus, say, Jesus, the law says you stone him. But you know, that was taken away. Rome has taken that authority from Israel to stone anyone from death. They couldn't do that anymore. They couldn't follow the law. So they were trying to trap Jesus. Jesus, if you don't stone this woman, you go against the law of Moses. However, if Jesus stoned the woman, he go against the laws of Caesar. They try to trap him. They can't trap the Messiah. So Jesus, as he's riding on the ground, he said, he without sin cast the first stone. Nobody cast the stone. They all dropped their stones. First of all, how did the Pharisees know how to find this woman in the act of adultery? They knew who she was. But what's amazing about that is that Jesus said, where are your accusers? I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. Who could have stoned that woman? Jesus. He was without sin. But Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. The word of God is amazing. So the reason for rebukes are two things. What happens is when they're rebuked, first it brings sin to light and exposes it. It brings sin to light. Listen, you can't hide sin. You may think you're a master at it, but you can't hide sin. Sin will find you out. It will find you out. In Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, it says this, take note, the Lord says, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. So the sin, the rebuke does two things. It exposes the sin so the other leaders can know, hey, this is a sin, just in case they don't know, but hey, if there's an accusation, what do you accuse him? This is a sin. Okay? Secondly, it serves as a warning to other leaders. It serves as a warning. You're leading God's people. Much is expected of you. 
People want to be leaders. They love titles. They have no idea what they want. No idea. You see, the sin of a man that leads, that has a leadership role, you know, when they sin, it's more serious because it affects everyone else. You're leading by example. You can't be in sin. Not that you don't sin. I blow it all the time. But there are sins that if it's exposed, it's going to hurt people. And so the punishment must be severe because more is expected of a leader. That's why James, James writes this in the epistle of James. James chapter 3, verse 1, he writes this. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Many do want to become teachers. Knowing that we shall receive a what? Stricter judgment. Whether what you do as a leader or in teaching the word of God, you will be judged. I know I will be judged greater. Every leader pastor will be judged much greater. Now, whether an elder pastor is being honored or he's being rebuked, a leader must do so. The rest of the leader must do so. Whether we honor a leader or a pastor, we must do so without taking sides and showing favoritism. Look at verse 21. He says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the angels. Okay, angels are going to be part of judgment in the book of Revelation, by the way. But what he's trying to say, he charged, he's making this charge before the other leaders of the church. When one disqualifies himself, he's including the entire spiritual realm. God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and even the angelic host. He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elected angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Pastor... Is to be given double honor or rebuked fairly without prejudice, without doing nothing with partiality. Whether he's liked or not, the church should love one another, including the pastor. Some may say, well, we're not too crazy about this pastor. Let's just give him a McDonald's coupon every week. Forget about the double cheese. No, single cheeseburger. Matter of fact, forget the cheese. The scripture says he's to be given double honor whether he's liked or not. Or you could do on the flip side, when it comes to one who sins. Say, you know, yeah, he's committed adultery, but, you know, we like him. He's a nice guy, and he's a great teacher. And boy, look what he's done in the ministry. The scripture calls for him to be rebuked. No partiality, no favoritism. You know, we live in a world where justice, it's really a joke, the Bible in the Old Testament says we're to judge whether the poor or the rich, they should be equally judged. They committed a sin, they judge. We have inserted this word social justice all of a sudden. That's not biblical. That's what destroyed our country. That's what destroyed this culture. That's what destroyed people all around the world. Social justice. Two men commit a murder. One is doing well. Not, and it comes from a good home. He commits murder. He goes to jail. Death penalty even. But one, because he had a hard life, social justice. Well, yeah, he killed and raped a woman, but he can go away because, you know, he had a bad upbringing, you know. Wasn't fed, you know, fed Twinkies most of his life. And so it's okay, social justice. That's not justice. Justice goes across the board for all. And, you know, you have that, you know, justice is blind. No, not in today's culture. There's social justice. That's not biblical, and we shouldn't be tagging along with people with social justice. 
Social justice has destroyed this nation. If one commits a crime, rich or poor, he has to do the time. But in the same way, in the same manner, when it comes to partiality in the house of God, it has to be the same. In fact, the scripture makes it clear about showing partiality in the house of God. It applies to every single one of us, not just leaders. James writes in James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, he writes this. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Don't do it. And he gives an example. For if there should come into the assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should come in a poor man in filthy clothes, And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothing and say to him, you sit here in a good place. You can sit up front and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You know, that's a common pastor. He doesn't know $50 brother and $500 brother. I don't want to, you know, not that I'm going to be, have that judge, but you know what? I'm just like you. I'm not better than you. You know, I have to fight the flesh every now and then. You give to the Lord, and I thank you. We're we giving the, the end of year statements. You know, and this is the reason why we're able to have service, the reason why we're able to, you know, pay the lights. You know, help me put food on the table for my family and I. Pay for ministries. People that are hurting, we're able to help them and support them. We have a benevolence. We're able to do these things because you're part of the household of God and as being faithful to the Lord. But I, I, don't, I treat everyone the same. Everyone the same. There's only one person I treat better than all of you. That's my wife. God doesn't show partiality. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17 says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. Romans chapter 2, verse 11, for there is no partiality with God. Okay, so no partiality when it comes to leaders being uh, honored, no partiality when it comes to leaders who sin and uh, against God. And so give double honor for those who rule well, right? Who labor in the word and doctrine, verses 17 and 18. We're not to receive an accusation against a leader except from two or three witnesses. And if there are two or three witnesses and the accusations are true, it says that he's to be rebuked for his sins, brought in the presence of the rest of the leaders. And that's in verses 19 to 21. Now in verses 22 to 25, it's talking about selecting leaders for the church. And this is important, selecting leaders. This is what we follow. Verse 22, is it do not lay hand hands on anyone hastily. We should be in a hurry and lay hands and ordaining people uh, or appointing people into leadership in the church of Christ. You know, I personally witnessed many young men who have been ordained, placed into, into ministry very quickly. Even, not even young men, men who just gave their lives to the Lord about six months ago, and they're already ordained as deacons. And they did not qualify. I was part of a church where they laid hands so quickly. They laid hands on anybody and everybody. They wouldn't lay hands on broomsticks. It was sad. They would lay hands on prominent men, people who had businesses. They would lay hands on guys who looked cool, had the image. They were well-liked. They gave money to the church, totally ignoring, totally ignoring 
what the Bible has told us, the Bible gives us instruction how to ordain and pick those who are qualified. We just studied that, right? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, right? The qualifications of a leader, Acts chapter 6, right? When they first started appointing, when the church was birthed, they were called men who were spirit-filled in Acts chapter 6 and in Acts chapter 13. The Bible is filled with giving us instruction on how we ought to, you know, appoint, and we pray about it. Usually these people are already serving as deacons before we lay hands on them. But they're requirements, and they're listed for us, and we did that study. And they, they disregard that. And he's saying not to, and tells us, they, one of the leaders should not be a novice of the word. Six months? And so they totally disregard. So he said, do not lay hands hastily on anyone. And Pastor Chuck would always say this. He said, man appoints, but God anoints. It's not a biblical concept. Not a biblical concept that because a person got a Bible degree, that automatically they are ordained or they should be ordained as a leader. They're those, God bless them, they, they, they have a heart. The Bible says you have that, hey, great, good for those who have a desire to be a leader. But the question, are you called by God? Forget that you want to be a leader. Forget that the church and organization that you are a part of is ready for you to lay hands on you and ordain you once you get your degree. That's not a biblical concept. Moses didn't go to Bible college. His Bible college was bush, the burning bush. Peter was a fisherman. But yet he shared the gospel and almost 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord. And I encourage those who want to get a Bible degree for the sake of learning the Bible. But just because a person got a degree, that doesn't mean, okay, this is what you do. And there are churches and denominations that would only ordain those that have a Bible degree. Now, in one way I could see, what, but that's not a requirement in the scriptures. You see, this is where they add to the Bible. It's not biblical. So I love what Chuck Smith said, would say, man appoints, but God anoints. Laying hand on those who are, are not qualified too quickly, in fact, is very, very, very dangerous. They're not spiritually mature, ready to care for the needs of the church, the spiritual needs of the church. Even more so, not only is it dangerous for the church, it's also dangerous for the person we're laying hands on. And I've seen many young men who were, they were ordained too quickly. They weren't mature spiritually. They didn't fit the qualification, and it, it destroyed them. It really destroyed them. Where some had drifted away and, and from the ministry, from, even from the Lord. Sometimes their head gets swelled up. You know, it's dangerous. Another reason not to lay hands too quickly is, drop down to verse 24, verse 24 Another reason, it says, some men's sin are clearly evident preceding them to judgment. In other words, it's obvious if you see one where their fruit, where they show they're not mature and they, they sin, it's obvious, it's clear. You're not going to ordain them. And say, hey, let's ordain brother so-and-so, but the, he's always in the bar drinking, cursing like a sailor, you know, really? It's evident. You're not going to lay hands on that guy. But... At the end of verse 24, but those of some men follow later. In other words, you got to give it time. Because again, what does the scripture say? We just read it in Numbers 32, verses 23. Your sin will find you out. You know, some people are good at hiding sin. And so that's why for us to pray, pray and just give it time to see whether this person, their 
they are really following Christ and their heart is for the Lord and for the people, the house of God. Verse 25, it says, likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident. So there's some that we see it. Uh, it's evident. This person loves the Lord. This person loves Jesus, always bringing people to church, always praying for people. And he says, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. And so we cannot be in a hurry to lay hands on anyone. And that's a communal see that here frequently. We're not quick. Do we? Will, yeah, we would love to have more leaders, but there has to be the heart. They have to be called, not because they want to be a leader. And they have to be already doing the work of a leader. And it takes time. Because if there's sin, it will be revealed. If there's good work, it will come to light. We have to give it some time. So he says in verse 22, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sin. Keep yourselves pure. Keep yourself pure by not sharing other people's sin. In other words, to keep pure in the sense that it's to be free from association with sins with others. And in the context, talking about leaders. If there's one that, okay, you find out that, yeah, for a while, it looked like the person was, you know, was being faithful to the Lord and, and they show fruit and he loves Jesus. But after a while, you find that this person really, I remember I was listening to John Corson and he said he learned really early on not to be quick to lay hands on anyone. He, and he saw this one guy and he had this, he's, he's American, but he had this Rastafari, you know, dreads and he looked kind of cool. People loved him and everything. He laid hands on him quickly, come to find out he is smoking marijuana, you know, and just selling it to other people. But what if they continue to associate with a person like that? So listen, it's not to say to abandon them, love them, encourage them, but you know, be careful who you associate with. Keep yourself pure. He's talking to leaders. He's talking to leaders. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse seventeen and eighteen. Paul writes this to the church of Corinth. He says, "Therefore, come out from among them, and be separate," says the Lord. "Be separate. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you." I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Times we just need to separate from the old ways because you don't want it to be a distraction. You don't want it to be, uh, be guilty by association, and don't, you might end up sharing in their sins. Keep yourself pure. Verse 23, no longer drink only water, he tells uh, Timothy, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. Now, it's uncertain as to how this verse connects with the other verses. It's like Paul had a hiccup in the brain and all of a sudden. But it's obvious that, you know, Peter did have stomach issues and he had problems. He had frequent infirmities, um, probably got sick of ministry. Not just kidding. That's not what he did. But, but if you remember back in chapter 3, um, in chapter 3, Paul told young Pastor Timothy and all the pastors not to be given too much wine. You remember we study that. Uh, in chapter three, and that's the qualification of a leader, not to be given to much wine. But, you know, chapter, you, we find now in chapter five, he tells Timothy, use a little wine, however, for your stomach's sake, because your stomach, obviously we know, today we have bottled water. They didn't have clean water back then. And water back then carried all kinds of bacteria, and, and the only thing that they probably would drink that's clean was, was wine. However, it was two parts water, one part wine, and that's a fact. It was diluted, or it wasn't infirmity. It was just grape juice. You go to Israel, grape juice. They have wine, but usually when they have enough stomach, they'll 
drink grape juice because it helps the stomach. It's used as a medicine. But now today, you know, we have clean water. We have bottled water. Whoever thought that somebody could put water in a bottle and make money out of it? You know, all the healthy stuff all of a sudden is more expensive. I should tell something. <laughs> and we have all kinds of over-the-counter supplements to help treat stomach pains or, you know, upset stomachs. So Paul is not encouraging wine. He's telling, listen, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. This is how we make the right judgment as Christians. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So if you ask yourself, well, should I be a sipping saint? Well, think about this. How would it affect someone else? Again, it's not a sin to drink. The Bible doesn't make it a sin. It's a sin to get drunk. But as for leaders, it's required much more. Talking to leaders here. Verse 24, 25, we close, even though we studied this, some men's sin are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be seen. And so this is a treatment of elders, leaders, those that deserve double honor, give them double honor. Uh, don't take any false accusation against a, a, of a leader, any leader, not only for Calvary Chapel, any leader. And that goes for any pastor, any somebody you don't know, say, well, I don't know the pastor, I don't know the church, so what's the big deal? No. Those that are ordained are ordained by God. And we need to have respect. And I've had people when we were in town and even here that would come from another church and they start complaining another church, I stop them right off the track. You have an issue with the church, you need to go to your church if it's the pastor, you go directly to the pastor. Follow what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18. And don't take, I, I don't listen because usually they're causing a problem. They cause a problem. If they're going to be a problem in their church where they separate, what do you think they're going to be in this church? I tell me, you know, you know, respect, you love. The Bible says respect those who are in authority. You have an accusation, you take that up with them. And plus, as we looked at the qualification not to be quick to lay hands on anyone, uh, in the ministry. Amen? Amen. I may want to be in the ministry. <laughs> well, you don't have to have hands laid on you, by the way. We all call into ministry, by the way. Every single one of us. Jesus set the example on that. Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. You can imagine the disciples' faces when Jesus was washing their feet. Talking about the one who created the very feet that he's washing the water and I want to be found faithful when the Lord says well done thy good and faithful servant amen you've been listening to running the race with Pastor Eddie Pastor Eddie has been diving into the book of first Timothy a letter written by Paul to his young disciple Paul encouraged Timothy not to let anyone judge him because of his age how often have you led those who see themselves as older and wiser? Paul gives you great encouragement in 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In short, lead by example. We're so glad you decided to join us on Running the Race today. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. 
Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you missed that website, it was runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on the website. Well, that's all for now. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.